This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Matthew Hogan, along with his mother, Dr. Amy Hogan, talk about the advantages of homeschooling. What has Matthew learned from being homeschooled? How is the Catholic faith tied into every subject? What are some of the myths of homeschooled children? Well, let's find out. Here's Matthew and Dr. Amy Hogan being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Ken Billinger. Our guest this afternoon is Dr. Amy Hogan, MD, uh, CFCMC, which is a certified fertility care medical consultant, family physician with extra training in fertility care, and and also in NAPRO technology, married to Dan, and they have five beautiful living children the oldest is who who is the oldest is with us today Matthew who is a senior and we're going to talk to both of them today about homeschooling religion so we'd like to welcome in Dr. Amy Hogan and Matthew Hogan welcome how are you guys today hey I'm pretty well yeah Matthew's here with us it's it's really my pleasure to have um my senior son on uh we know that all this excitement with all the school has been a really big difficulty for a lot of folks and I think it's really fun to be able to highlight what homeschooling, but in particular what Catholic homeschooling can do uh, for kids. So I'm so excited. So I hope we do have some kids listening. I know that sometimes it seems like, especially when homeschool is thrust upon you, like it can be a bit stressful. But for sure, it can be a huge benefit to the family and a great learning experience. And so we're excited to share that with you. Well, we're glad to have you on this afternoon, and we're going to talk a little bit uh, about homeschooling. And, and Matthew, first we're going to start with you. Have you chosen a college yet up at this point? I have. I am going to be going to Benedictine College this fall, hoping to study finance and history. Double major, hopefully. What a great school. Truly a, a Catholic school that is not just a Catholic school in name only. And uh, I know quite a bit about Benedictine College, and so great. Uh, that's certainly a great choice. So tell us about your education up to this point and, and how homeschooling for you has been uh, going. Uh, well, that's, starting with education is the one thing about starting with Seton Home Study School is that um, uh, it's a program designed literally go all the way from kindergarten all the way through literally the end of high school. So I started it back, actually, when I was in kindergarten. <laughs> and I've been with it ever since. And they teach a program largely focused with a very large amount of religion. And it's fantastic because they literally have religion mixed into every single course. Even their math books are filled with religious pictures and all that. And on, on, on. It's so much fun. I love it. And it also focuses heavily, though, on English, and science is pretty solid, and everything, all the normal subjects, just with an extra emphasis on religion, and on um, uh, One way to explain it, hang on just a second, Matt, one way to explain it might be, is they want the kids to realize that they are Catholics through and through. Like, they have, you know, it's not just math, and I'm a Catholic, you're a Catholic doing math. And why would you do this? You'd do this because you want to serve Jesus. You know, like a lot of the subjects, you know, if they were going to do a word problem, they might talk about St. Catherine. You know, St. Catherine is our uh, saint today. They might say, you know, St. Catherine did this, and then she 
you know, did that, you know, making the word problem about a saint and sometimes even teaching saint history right in a word problem. <laughs> so it's been really fun to, to witness. Um, today I got to help with grading the homeschool. Wednesday is my half day, so that's my blessing to be here at home in the afternoon. My husband's actually the one who is the true saint. He's been doing most of the grading and most of the management of discipline to get things done through and through. Uh, but today in uh, the phonics for the kindergartner, uh, the long O sound was being uh, expressed. Like we wanted to learn about long O. And uh, one of the pictures was hope. <laughs> so, you know, instead of just soap, they might have something that's actually religious in nature, bringing them again that you're not just, you know, doing phonics and then you're a Catholic. You're a Catholic doing phonics. <laughs> right. So, and, and this so is a. No, go ahead, Matthew. The thing is, in my mind, is it helps to teach that being Catholic isn't just something you do on Sundays or something you do when you go to religious ed or whatever. It's a lifestyle. It's what you do every single day, in and out, every single moment. And it's important, and that's what I love about it. I think that's a great point. So many times we, just to your point, we compartmentalize in a sense, and we go to Mass Sunday, and then, you know, we just live our lives the rest of the week. But we want to be Catholic through and through and live our Catholic faith every day, every hour of every day. And it sounds like this is a program that helps you do that. I know I know, Dr. Ray Garendi has talked about on EWTN, has talked about this program and just has rave reviews for the program. And I've heard wonderful things about it, not not in particular as, as far as the details that you're sharing with us today, but I just always have been really hearing good comments about it. So it's really exciting to, to hear more and, and understand how this works. So and we're going to talk more about that in just a moment. But you did kind of share with us how Satan teaches religious. Actually, we didn't. We talked about how it intertwines our faith with the classes. But tell us how Satan uh, teaches religious education. Okay, yeah, Mom, can I take this? Yeah, you can go first. Okay, so I love how Satan does it, because when they start you back in, like, pre-K and kindergarten, um, uh, a lot of it is just kind of really, it starts you out simple, and it makes the makes you as a young child, and I see it even in my younger siblings, Jacob and Danielle, even today, it makes them really come to, like, really love just being able to kind of, like, to be able to love to learn the religion. And that's before you actually start to get into the doctrines, which begin to be memorized with the help of the Baltimore Catechism as you start to get into, like, I believe it starts in second grade. I could be wrong at that, but I believe it starts in second grade. And they start having you memorize the Baltimore Catechism. And you go through that, and you end up doing all three different versions of the Baltimore Catechism, each of which gets more and more in-depth. So finally, when you're at the version three of the Baltimore Catechism, you're not only memorizing what it has to say, but you're literally seeing all the reasons from Scripture, all the reasons from philosophy, and everything else about why the doctrines of Catholicism are what they are and why they are true. And that's huge for me. And that's that's only the ninth grade. By the time you get into tenth grade, you're then specifically studying the Bible and how it relates to Catholicism and how it shows how Catholicism is the true religion established by Jesus Christ. And then, in eleventh and twelfth grade, you have the further courses, which are done by um, uh, Father John Lau. They're written by the books were written back in like 1910, and these books are still completely 100 percent pertinent. But they go into the really philosophy of um, uh, the Catholic religion, and it also goes into the philosophy of other religions and showing why they are flawed, 
and instead, my Catholicism is right when you actually study its philosophy, and also the Church's stances on modern-day issues are also covered by a book written by Eaton Home Study School's founder called um, Catholic Apologetics. And so you go through literally all the way from when you're young, just learning to love the Catholic faith, then learning the basic doctrine, all the way to learning why doctrines are what they are, and being able to defend it against anyone by the time you're out of high school. Yeah, I'm pretty simple-minded, but uh, the kindergarten catechism starts with the Ten Commandments, so the basics. And then uh, one other really exciting thing is I love the teachings that Scott Hahn has expanded on. He's such a good scripture scholar. And so one of the high school textbooks is actually called Understanding the Scriptures, and Scott Hahn was one of the main, it was the main author of the book. And so it's just, it's so beautiful. It's eye-opening. I bought the book. I didn't know that Seton was going to use it for their text. And then, oh, by the way, uh, they needed it for their text, and it was on back order. So I had to forfeit the book for about two years, and now I've got it back. <laughs> and I'm actually studying it day by day with my daily devotion and have been so blessed. So it's Seton Home Study has taught me a lot, too. With many parishes unable to complete religious education this year due to the coronavirus, does Seton have a religion-only program, and what could that look like for our families? Is there a, a program like that available? Uh, yes, there is. Absolutely. You can go do any course you want Seton, as an individual course. Some people, um, uh, like if you have a high schooler, for example, and you say want a particular high school credit for religion or whatever, then um, uh, it's actually possible to go on to Seton and um, uh, that would be SeatonHomeStudySchool.org, I believe. I know it's SeatonHome.org. Yeah. It just Google Seton Home Study School. It comes up. It's the actual URL of it. www.SeatonHome.org. And um, uh, you can go there, and it's really easy to enroll. It's really easy to talk to admissions counselor if you really don't know what you want. And the truth is, is you have several options that would be available, one of which is you actually get the entire course, which is lesson plans, in the books you want for whatever particular grade level you want. Another option would be just to get the books, the textbooks alone, and you could go through them on your own path if you wanted because it's very doable because the books are very intuitive and the books yeah. there... They're user-friendly. So I guess what he's trying to say is you can pick and choose any course and you can pick and choose any book that Seton has available and you can complete it you know, with your own family, with your own family study. One of my best friends from high school... I uh, just texted her a picture of the Understanding the Scriptures book because I think she and her uh, two sons would get a great deal out of it. So absolutely, you know, anyone can buy a book that is available and go through it on their own. And anybody could enroll for the one course if they wanted to. All right. Um, sounds like there's uh, obviously a lot of options available there as well. And we're going to talk more about that again. 785-621-4110. We got a trivia winner a moment ago. We'll get to another trivia question coming up in just a little while. Our guests, Dr. Amy and Matthew Hogan. Um, and Matthew, a senior this year, and talking about uh, homeschooling and uh, really how the, how the program has worked for him. Matthew, what are some of the aspects of this program that you learn and, and that you may not have gotten from a weekly religion program. Let's talk about that a little bit more specifically. Well, the very simple answer is 
been studying religion every single day as an important part of your life for 12 years, you're bound to get a lot of content. And the thing about it is, is my basic idea of, like, an idea of education in my mind is the more truth you have, the more truth you have to work with that you know, the better you'll be able to form conclusions and the better you'll be able to actually work with life. So when you're being able to study five days a week for 12 or 13 years, if you count kindergarten, I guess, then you're bound to really be getting a lot of truth to be able to work with. So instead of just studying basic what the church teaches about the sacraments, Ten Commandments, whatever, instead I'm teaching, instead I'm studying why the church teaches those things, the biblical origins of those things. And on top of that, what St. Thomas More, St. Augustine, the like had to say about it, and even at times dipping into the Greek and Roman philosophers and how they actually, in a way, had some some of their actual writings, some of their teachings, in a way, actually almost preceded some of the church in a way with some of their ideas, especially most notably Aristotle's idea of one God instead of the many Greek gods. So there's a lot of things you're able to get from all of that, and you're able to put it together, and it comes together, as noted previously as the ability to take everything you have and be able to show that Catholicism is the one true religion established by Jesus Christ, and then on top of that, defend it against basically all comers. Wow. What's also kind of fun was, yeah, he's something, isn't he? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we got to go to a wedding. It was a special wedding with some really great Catholic um, young people getting married, and um, Matthew got to meet a seminarian, and as you can tell, Matthew likes to talk. So Matthew started talking to the seminarian about some of the philosophers he's been studying. And the seminarian was just blown away. He's like, if I had heard about that when I was in high school, gosh, where would I be now? You know, like he was just excited to hear that Matt was learning about these philosophers at a younger age than he had been exposed to. So it was really fun to kind of compare notes and to meet the seminarian and to have some things in common that they they were chatting about philosophy from the get-go. <laughs> wow, that's cool. That's cool. So, uh, and Matthew, I guess I'll ask that question because I'm just, you know, simply going to ask, is that something, have you considered, uh, is the priesthood a possibility or is something you've discerned? I, obviously, it's a thing to keep open to, but it's not, it's not where I feel called to right now. If I was, if I felt I was called to the seminary, I would be going to um, uh, Conception seminary college in the fall, but it's, right now I feel called to go to Benedictine College, and if, if you bear with me, actually, my goal and kind of dream in a way is to actually hopefully one day work for Seton Home Study School in their mission and help with their mission of helping educate young Catholic men and women across the world. So, well, and I don't that's where I'm at right now. And that's very admirable, too. That's uh, that's great. And again, as much uh, the good things I've been hearing about the program, and it sounds like, obviously, you, you have been, I mean, you and Dr. Hogan, you and Matthew have been very happy, and your husband, of course, been very happy with uh, the, the homesteading. Now, is your whole family utilizing this, then? That's correct. So right now we have Matthew is in 12th grade or a senior. Uh, Benjamin is a sophomore, Mary is in 8th grade, and then we have a little gap there, and Danielle is second, and Jacob is kindergarten. So that for one year, we'll have everybody in the program at once. Wow, that's awesome. You should hear mine and Ben's 
debates about religion sometimes. We'll debate <laughs> minuscule points of theology sometimes, and it is awesome. So much fun. And yeah. Also kind of hilarious, yes. <laughs> what, now, what do you mean by that? Oh, oh sometimes like, I'll get in... Go ahead. Just like little things, like I'm at, like... Maybe me or him makes a comment about a certain fragment of theology that very people know nowadays. Or maybe even somebody like at church, like um, uh, one guy who trains the servers at Sacred Heart Cathedral where we go. His name's Sean, and he, he'll make a comment about theology, and we'll just start discussing it and debating it, because it's, it's part of what we've been taught to do, is we actually know about the theology and the philosophy and everything behind it. And so we're able to really have some really deep intention, sometimes heated discussions about it. Oh, really? <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> Brotherly love yeah. in theology. <laughs> All right. Maybe direct this question to you, Dr. Amy, but again, Matthew, if you have any input on any of this, you're certainly welcome to, to jump in. But uh, Dr. Amy, how does this program benefit parents in teaching their children about the faith? I would think that obviously if, if you're teaching, you're learning as well. Right. Absolutely. Um, the parents, we get to refine our knowledge. You know, I think that I did grew up with parents who cared about the Catholic Church and did want me to glean a lot of what the Catholic Church taught. But I think that I'm pretty sure that I didn't have as deep of catechesis as the kids are getting now in the Seton Home Study. And again, you know, the evil one wants to draw us away from our faith. And sometimes, unfortunately, a lot of things were dumbed down or simpled down. And I think that... Because of the depth, like, like he said, it starts really simple, you know, doing just general basic knowledge and commandments. Sometimes relearning the Ten Commandments is good for all of us. Where did our faith begin in the Jewish tradition, you know? Um, so I think it makes us own up to who we are. We also had a situation in the family, so to kind of make it more personal. Um, unfortunately, we had um, one of our nephews who was a confirmed Catholic decided to get married out of the church and actually I think he got married uh, in a vineyard, which, you know, to each their own sometimes. But in our catechesis, uh, marriage, because of the vocation, is being given to God. It's, it's celebrated in a church because it's uh, showing that your um, vocation is actually part of furthering the church. I don't and know so... Yeah, what's that? There can be a special dispensation issue. There are times, special dispensation. However, generally not used. Aside from that, so so we're jumping into kind of some sick stuff here, but um, so the kids actually brought it to my attention that our nephew, as a confirmed Catholic, we probably should not go to the wedding. And I had to take a big gulp in my throat and say, well, hmm. What does the scripture and the Bible and the catechism teach about this? And I had to come to the conclusion that they were right. And it was really hard. It was some of it. I mean, there's going to be times in life when you have to de- decide, are you going to follow the faith? Or are you going to try to, you know, just placate the family? Um, anyway, we decided to write loving letters to the said nephew and uh, both myself and I think uh, Benjamin, our other son, wrote him just a letter about the what and the why. And even though there was a few feathers ruffled, 
I think that my older sister uh, and, and my other sister, too, even though they were angry at first, they now completely understand. I know that sounds really weird that it's actually better now because they respect that we wanted to teach our children and also completely keep in line with the faith. So that if we were to bend the rules here, bend the rules there, then we would not be uh, have full integrity with our faith. So taught me how to be a stronger Catholic, uh, both in relearning a lot of the catechism, but also in standing up forthrightly in all areas of life as best as possible. I'm going to fall. Cool. I do. I'm a sinner. But I, but I want to do the best I can, especially in front of the kids. Uh, remember the, um, uh, the note that was made earlier about being Catholic isn't just about what you do on Sunday. It's about living the lifestyle of Catholicism. Next right. example. Standing up and being like, you know what, we're Catholic. And we're not only just going to say we're Catholic, we're going to be Catholic. Mm. That's a that's a great point, and uh, I mean, obviously, very commendable. That's a, sometimes those situations can be very tough because you want to. Yeah, yeah. I, know. <laughs> I, I mean, that's a real. That could be a real challenge, certainly. And uh, let's talk a little bit. We're talking more with Dr. Amy Hogan and her son Matthew about homeschooling religion, and just to update you in case you're just maybe tuning in. Uh, Matthew's a senior right now, has been homeschooled with the Seton Home Study course, um, and in fact, the entire family is right now. Dr. Hogan's family, um, and then Matthew's a senior, and uh, his intention to go to Benedictine College in the fall. And uh, so we're just talking a little bit about um, homeschooling and our faith and how it all kind of brings it all together. So when it comes to receiving the sacraments, do the parishes accept the homeschooling approach? And Dr. Hogan, we'll start with you, and and Matthew, you can certainly jump in uh, after your mom as well. I actually kind of have a long and short answer on this. (laughs) But I was going to ask, hang on a second, Matt. the Manual on Spiritual Warfare. Do you know who that's written by? Um, I, this doesn't say. I'm going to have to look who it is. I'm not. I'm yeah, not exactly maybe sure. Maybe you the answer. I was yeah. just looking at. I think I was looking at buying that book myself. May have to make a donation. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, and just to just to jump into, um, I know Matthew said there's a long and short answer. We we have a lot of time left, so I you know and encourage you just to let you know we've got plenty of time, so we can cover. You know, we've got probably time to cover more questions than what we're talking about here, certainly. So uh, don't be afraid to even if you get feel like you're getting long winded, that's okay. Okay. Short answer. Short answer is yes. <laughs> okay. It is the short answer, the long answer. Okay, so I am, I know Seton Home State School students from across. So I know people who have been through this, and all the time it's like, you know what, no big deal. They accept it. Sometimes they'll have you do basic things like go on a retreat or do a couple classes with them or whatever just to make sure. They, yeah, they want to make sure that you do everything. But, so I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent, and I'm also going to people. This is one of the situations in which I and those who I hear from have really experienced the deprecation of catechesis in the United States and honestly even around the world. I know people who are due outside of the country, Canada, Venezuela, Qatar, um, uh, and other societies, including England and Ireland, if you will. Um, uh, so, besides that. So these people from all around the world, and they come together and they work with their dioceses or whatever, the incredible thing is that whenever they go to the retreats or the classes or whatever, 
it's like we learned this in first or second grade. Like, quite literally, it's like, wow, this is going way, way back to when we first learned all this. And it's like, this is, like, part of the reason why we need places like Seton Home City School and a solid Catholic education system that literally is up there and being like, you know what, we're going to actually teach religion because it's important. We're going to teach it every day, and we're going to teach it to you that way you know not only what it is, but why it is. But when and you have all these about it. <laughs> and then these catechesis programs are, like, just able to cover the basics, and it's, it's, it's not necessarily so much against them for the fact that we kind of sacrificed what we had. Back in 100 to 200 years ago, people would get together, and the church would be one of the biggest things in the entire town. Everybody would get around the church. Everybody would go to Mass. Everybody would go to Mass, or in the case of Protestant services on Sunday. And it would be all together, and you'd, everybody would know their religion, and they would follow in the footsteps of their parents. And it was basic. It was cool. Even though it may have been a smaller degree of catechesis back then, just because there was less educational materials available, people were still able to do it because they literally went and participated all the time, every day, and were into it, and their parents were into it, and their grandparents were into it, and it was everything together. Nowadays, it's like we have all these people falling away. We have all these people who are like, let's water it down and make it about love and friendship. and It's like, this is garbage. And I'm gonna, that's just me being blind. It's garbage. It is so bad, because the truth is, is it, the thing is, is yes, love, or as I prefer the word, charity, because charity is much more specific. Love is an overused word. Charity being specific is a theological virtue and is extremely important to our faith as Catholics. So we are supposed to be charitable. We are supposed to be better. We're supposed to turn the other cheek. We're supposed to do that. But we can't make it all about that. We have to make it about also having faith and hope, faith in God, faith in Jesus, hope in heaven, and at the same time, charity towards God, our neighbor, everyone else, and the thing is, is we're making it way too much about love and kindness and even getting rid of the word charity. So, I'm just saying. I think charity also kind of connotates that you want the best for another. And sometimes wanting the best for another has to do with discipline or uh, taking uh, time to truly understand uh, another person's viewpoint. Uh, so, you know, charity is sometimes a different aspect of love where we're actually, where we're giving of ourselves and that's not always easy. I think a lot of times we want things easy in our religion and it's, it's really not always about us and about our hour on Sunday. It's about what do we give to God and how do we show Him our utmost? How do we show Him the respect and the honor that he deserves, not about what do we get fed on Sunday, what do we get out of the class that we just went to. Sometimes it's about how do we give of ourselves, and that's been lost in a lot of situations. I know that there's times where people, you know, even my friends are like, you know, Father so-and-so has a 45-minute Mass. That was really handy. Guess what? Religion's not really ever about being handy to the Christian. Mm. It's about how do we sacrifice and how do we understand God better and honor Him in all that we do in life. I'm going to get back into my philosophy of education to kind of finish off this and also say why I think it's a good thing to do homeschool and do Catholic homeschool. 
to finish it all off total. And the thing is, is that philosophy education that I kind of propose is that the more truth you have, the better the education you'll be able to have because the more truth you'll be able to affect. And I'll start with like the public school catechesis once a week type approach that a lot of people end up having these days. And the thing is, is that when you go to public school, it's like essentially completely kicks God out. And the reason why this is so detrimental is because God is so important on so many levels to the way we understand everything. So I tell this, like, I've been, I've, there's a reason why I'd go to Benedictine College over any public university or like, is because Benedictine College takes the Catholic education and makes it into every part of their education, while a public university takes this atheist position and then tries to teach you something. And this just doesn't work because the only way you can have any type of education is if you can build from a solid basis. So you cannot build a tower unless you have a solid foundation. And so since they completely undermine the foundation, getting rid of God, and you're unable to have a foundation, and you're unable to actually really learn much except basic facts like 2 plus 2 equals 4, which even that they're trying to mess up for some reason, but kind of a joke. Anyway, so then you start to get into all that. And it's like when you lose that, it's like when you go to religious classes at the end, once a week, it's like you have all this entire week where they try to get rid of God, try to teach you stuff that's not true or has a basis in something that's not true. And then you go to religious class once a week, and though they try to teach you some truths, it isn't really connected, and it's all disjointed, and it really ends up being pretty big flop. Pretty big flop. And that's, there's a reason why so many Catholics do this. I'm just off the top of my head, two study results show that considerably over 50% of kids who come out, kids who claim to be Catholic, who are coming out of their homes and going to college and are like, just stop going to Mass. Just instantly. Just boom. You're done. Because they didn't know. They don't have any clue what they're missing. They don't know because their education has just not been there. And in their new education, which in most people's cases is either a public university or something like that, then they go there and they just they don't have any furtherance of being able to go. And that's one of the reasons why we also need great Catholic universities, like on the NUMA guide. But back to the homeschooling is the fact that they didn't have the basis. I know a lot of homeschoolers who have come out of Seton and who have come out of other homeschooling programs besides like Colby Academy, Mother of Divine Grace and the like, that uh, they've come out and they've done well at public universities because they have the basis. Even though the public, uni- the public university was just a tool for them, they get some knowledge that they need to apply to their basis to build their tower. And so all this coming together, you get this thing where you got public education, which is failing, it's not teaching properly, versus the Catholic homeschooling or the Catholic schools that generally try to actually still have you taught but you're supposed to be taught. It's so important to have the basic building blocks of believing in God, believing in Catholicism, believing in the Bible, believing in what we know as truth and what can easily be shown as truth if you simply have an open mind and how that can then be applied to every single aspect of your life, regardless of whether it be science, English, and um, religion is obviously the most important thing that we can have in our lives. And if you don't have that, or at least if you don't have that as a common, regular theme in your life, as a young person, then you're going to fail. That was powerful. <laughs> Quite convincing, young man. So we, uh, we're talking with Dr. Amy Hogan and her son, Matthew, um, who has been very convincing this afternoon. Uh, Matthew, I just wish you were a little more passionate about your faith. 
you know. <laughs> he is something. He's going to go someplace. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, he, he probably will rewrite the history books, and he'll rewrite them with truth and love. That is the Catholic faith. You don't rewrite the history books. You report them more accurately than the people who came before you. <laughs> Perfect. You do that. You're going to do great, sweetie. <laughs> Go. We need to take a short break right now, but whether you're listening via radio, computer, phone app, or on Amazon Echo, please know we'll be right back with more about the advantages of homeschooling with Dr. Amy and Matthew Hogan. One body, stewarding God's creation. We're back on One Body, Stewarding God's Creation on Divine Mercy Radio. Advantages of Homeschooling. With Matthew and Dr. Amy Hogan. Our guest this afternoon, Dr. Amy Hogan and her son Matthew. Matthew is a senior this year, homeschooled, and uh, with the Seton program, which is a great program, and we're we're talking a little bit about his future and and, and just the the effects of the program and homeschooling religion. Matthew's uh, intention is to go to Benedictine University or Benedictine College um, in the fall, and so let's. Uh, Let's talk about, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, I think, but does this homeschooling religion plan teach about service to others? And um, I'll, let you, I'll let you go. Whoever wants to start there. Well, I can go back to touch on the importance of charity. And so I'm like, I know how I kind of ranted about um, uh, how they make it all about love instead of all about, instead of about what it really is to be the theological virtue of charity. So to actually go into a little bit of the theological depth of charity and how important it is, it's about service and love and being willing to give of yourself for all other people, both in this life and the next. The interesting thing that most people don't know is we have the three theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity. When the final judgment happens, two of those will be gone. Those will be faith and hope. But charity will remain because they'll still have all those people. You'll still have the living body of Christ, the Church, they'll just have it in heaven, and the people there will still be practicing charity to each other as they live out their life in eternity in heaven. So charity is literally a thing that's taught, not only something that you do in your everyday life, but something that you're even expected to do in the afterlife. <laughs> so, <laughs> if that gives you an idea. Yeah, it's also about a, vac- a vocation. I think that vocations are very much fostered with homeschooling, uh, you know, that when they talk about, um, you know, right when they have to write papers, when they read books or do um, book reviews, there's a lot of books that are about the saints. They try to bring in what have the saints done around us, with us, for us. And those examples of service and charity are also a very big part of what the children are learning. So, you know, our whole goal on earth is to try to be a saint. We want to grasp on to what it is God's asking us to do, that we have service to others. And so uh, when we look at those examples and when we see it in each other, it, it brings us closer to God. I will say that um, the kids right now, especially, you know, I know uh, being at home more, people may be, you know, stressed out or whatnot, but 
we have been able to manage through the years by helping the kids also assimilate to the family life. So, for example, on Wednesdays and Thursdays, Matthew has taken it on himself to do the family laundry. Why did he do that? Well, because, yes, I pay him a small amount, but also he realizes that it is a service to the family. Uh, So we've been able to teach them how to live and work amongst each other, not just run away, you know, to school and then go to the next activity and next activity and be exhausted on the weekend. You know, so thankfully it does allow us some time to uh, teach the kids about general family life and work around the house. Um, They always get upset with me because I make them come out and help me do the family garden. Right, Matt. Uh, but I think someday they'll appreciate that. They'll someday they'll say, "Yes, I can plant a garden. Yes, I can hoe the garden when there's weeds coming up." Uh, you know, we want, I think gardening teaches us a lot about our faith, getting the weeds out, and trying to be productive and fruitful. <laughs> so, you know, I think <laughs> it doesn't always work. He says. Uh, so, we're still learning. We're still learning together. We're still growing together. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll miss him when he goes. His brothers and sisters now tease him that they want his room. They're ready to take over his stuff in his room. Uh, but I think that we'll certainly miss the piece, the puzzle that he's been continuing to build with us. And, you know, that his, his just himself, his presence, his uh, Matthewisms, we sometimes call them, will, will be very much missed. Uh, I'll kind of share a funny, Matthew, can I tell what a Matthewism is? Go ahead, Mom. It's a general <laughs> homeschool problem. Mom. I'm just gonna be. I'm gonna tell you this right now. But when I have interacted with other homeschoolers in real life, yes. it's something that a lot of us do. Maybe in a second you can tell them how you interact with the Catholic Harbor. But um, so what a Matthewism is? We laugh because Matthew's very well read. He's read circles around me. I I read for what I've got to get done for knowledge and for medical school and now for keeping up with um, education, continuing medical education. But Matthew reads and reads and reads and reads. So sometimes he'll come up with a word that he's read but never used in context of real life. And so he'll bring us a word and we'll, my husband and I will laugh and laugh and laugh because of he has mispronounced the word, not because he doesn't know what it means, but because he's never heard it spoken <laughs> and he's you know almost he's 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 read above his level in a way so it's 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 hilarious but when he was probably about second grade he was already doing this but he told us he read a story about Roger the robot and we said oh you mean Roger the robot but that's just a very small like childhood example and the words get bigger as he he grew on and on but uh, we love him. We think he'll do great, and, um, and we're very excited about what um, education he's been able to glean. And we do definitely encourage you, if you're thinking about homeschool, you know, if if this time of COVID has given you, like, oh, maybe I do like the chance of being able to understand my kids more, spend more time with them. Yes, it can be a challenge, but it's also a very huge blessing to be part of their intimacy and in their lives. So uh, seatonhome.org, they do have counselors. How we decided to homeschool originally uh, was, you know, Matt was a mere pre-K kiddo, and um, 
we he came down with type one diabetes, and in the summer we were um, my husband and I had already planned to be gone on a brief vacation, maybe like half a week, and we left Matt with my mom and dad, who are very educated people, both have college degrees. My mom's a teacher, and anyway, uh, you know his blood sugar with his diabetes went crazy. It was very hard for us to be separated from him, you know, as such a youngster and yet so far away. And we thought to ourselves, are we going to send type 1 diabetes to school? And at that time, I had some friends that were interested in Catholic homeschool. And I started looking online. And, and then I just proposed it to my husband. And he, at first, he was a little bit taken. He was like, I'm not sure we could do this. I'm not sure I could do this. But once he realized there was online support, that there were lots of great um, graces from it, and also, of course, being able to teach the education and the um, religion that you love and you cherish, then he started to uh, come around to it. And, you know, we started Matthew in kindergarten, and, and here we are. It's 18 years. I mean, I can't believe it. He's 18 years old, and, um, you know, 13 years later, it's gone in a flash. It's gone in a flash. And, and people would always ask us, are you going to do high school? And uh, we would just say, well, we're going to take one year at a time. But honestly, high school has been the biggest blessing because then he's not so worried about, you know, he has friends. He has friends across the world, like he's telling you. But he's not so worried about keeping up with the Joneses or keeping up with, you know, so-and-so's out doing this party or so-and-so's, you know, doing this drug or that alcohol or whatever. It doesn't, it takes the pressure off in some ways to try to be like the world wants you to be. And that's been a huge blessing for us and hopefully for him too. Well, first off, um, uh, you know, you just mentioned the Catholics. As it happens, it can take forever to come on. You know, they got like a thousand buttons, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> okay, so I thought I was just kind of going to some of the homeschooling myths that people seem to have. And I've heard a, heard a lot of different ones. But one of the main ones is um, kids don't get socialization and kids aren't able to socialize. So those, that's a very common one, right? And the truth is, is it's exactly the opposite, especially for very active families who love doing activities, like I know families who do, among other things, dance, sports, um, uh, 4-H, and other things all combined to really get them a bunch of socialization. You can even do it something like our family. He doesn't do a ton of stuff and still get plenty of socialization through either doing some, some of these doing various activities like we do 4-H. That's about all we do, really. But we do that, and we still get his socialization through that. Also, the homeschooling programs you use will help you, can help you get socialization through them. So, Seeing Home Study School, one I'm familiar with, one that I've done, obviously, for 13 years, has a message board for all of their students ages 13 and up, and people get on, and they get to know other homeschoolers, and that's how I know people from all across the world, because they do Seaton Home Study School, they're on the board, we get to know each other, I've made some fantastic friends up there, um, uh, some of which will actually be attending Benedictine College in the fall with me. That's cool. Um, uh, all said and done, so you get plenty of socialization. You don't lack that. And you can, even for the people who do not do a set program, which happens, they still have plenty of socialization. And in studies done, when it comes to social skills, homeschoolers score better than public schoolers. And interesting to know, part of the reason why that is is because when you do a public or even a Catholic school, you're putting all these kids of the exact same age together and expecting that to be kind of like a normal environment. Like, in any life situation, you're going to be dealing with people from all ages, all the way from little kids 
all the way up to 90-year-old grandparents. And basically, no matter what job you do, you'll be dealing with people from all different age ranges. And to just have this experience where you only hung out with people around your age and that's it, you didn't even get to know your parents that well, possibly, as in some cases, as I've heard, comes out of public Catholic school and the like. Um, uh, it just it ends up being a poor socialization versus homeschooling, especially in the larger families, as tends to happen with a lot of homeschoolers. Um, uh, you get to know your siblings, you socialize with them, so you get to socialize with all sorts of different ages around you, and then you also get to really know your parents, associate with your parents, and also in the activities that you do, you, you'll get to know people of all different varying age ranges, and being able to get to know them and socialize and interact with them in ways that public schoolers don't know yet, and then kind of gets rid of that myth. There's actually been studies done on it. Like, this is a... I mean, I'd cite a study, but I don't have one linked up right now. So um, uh, another myth is that, another myth I've heard, and I've heard this one more recently, is parents think that since they only reach a certain level of education, they won't be able to help teach their kids the education. So another thing about this is I'm asking, though, is the fact that it's not all the parents teaching it. And, in fact, it's mostly the school or the program you're doing that is teaching your kids, you're simply helping keep them on track, helping them really, helping make sure that they learn it, but not necessarily having to know it yourself. And then on top of all that, especially when you do a program that's really well run, like Seton, in general, parents really just have to make sure, like, I keep up with my work. As long as I get done, actually, I'm pretty much done with senior year, even though it's April. I have, like, one last paper that I need to turn in for them to grade. Um, uh, when I do that, it's literally just like, if they, as long as they keep me on schedule, I'm going to get done, and I'm going to do fine because they teach it so well. They have videos. They have counselors on call during office hours all day. Um, uh, I think they even have them on Saturday, I believe, but not Sunday, obviously, because the Catholic institution ain't going to be open on Sunday. Um, uh, so all said and done, you don't have to be a college. You don't have to have a college degree to teach your kids through high school. And the program's... Seton Home City School, Colby Academy, Mother of Divine Grace. Others decide. I've heard of others. They will all help you get there. And so it's very possible, even if you don't think you are up to it personally, they are there to help you get there. And in my experience, it is so worth it. And <laughs> one more. One more one thing? More. <laughs> That's not all. One more. Okay, so the one more is you have a hard time getting admitted into colleges and like not true at all. Even in my experience, I ended up taking the standardized test and all that. I have gotten offers from literally hundreds of different colleges around the country due to the fact that I actually go from an accredited school, which the programs will be accredited. And so the colleges will want you, with exception of something like Harvard, which has something against home school students for some reason. They're wrong. They're wrong. Um, uh, so you don't have a problem getting into higher education from homeschool. So that's three common myths that don't exist. Well, all right. That's uh, Thank you guys so much for sharing. This is really great information that you shared with us this afternoon. We appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to One Body Stewarding God's Creation. If you're a business that can help support this One Body show, please know you'll receive three underwriting spots per show, and the show runs five times a week. Plus, you'll be listed as a sponsor on the One Body page of Divine Mercy Radio's website. If interested, please call. 
785-621-4110. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 88.1 KBDM Hayes, 88.1 KRTT Great Bend, and 101.7 KJDM Lindsberg. If today you hear his voice, pardon not your hearts. One body, stewarding God's creation. 